mira, pedazo que en aquel momento nos unió lo que por tu traición. Maldita traición. Voy a estar muy pendiente a quien te ofrezca una flor. Con todo pretendiente te difamo con pasión. Le digo lo que sea para conseguir que no te quieran y te juro que me alegro. Me alegro. My brother, my brother, it is, before I get started on things, I want to let you know, we got to be real here. Definitely. As this is the podcast, you could even hear me. So let me bring it all the way back for you. It was so funny. Um, so let me bring it up you back, people. So everyone tonight. The person that I have here, a man that I've seen his journey so far and is so special. A person I want to give a big shout out to my boy, Ray Colazzo, who really showed me an artist like yourself, Henry, that you are really a part of the newest generation of our dance scene, our dance community, but also realizing your journey within that and how far it's been. Uh, for me, seeing this visual already uh, from Sultan Khan, with you and Luis and Jess, absolute fire, absolute. Like it's, I mean, it's it's so beautiful to see because we understand within our community, having an artist like yourself is so beneficial, so useful, so needed, so refreshing because, you know, as our scene adapts, especially with social media, we realize with, when it comes to visuals, just the next level, 
type of thing. And, and my man, you have it. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. And, you know, here at the podcast, the focus is having a platform that artists and creatives can come and share their stories because I really truly believe in my heart is that a lot of artists that we know, especially now, even during the pandemic, realized um, how many artists maybe we don't see anymore who've kind of moved on from our community and not having that opportunity to understand their story. I think is so unfortunate. So for me, having this platform, allowing you as the artist to share your story without allowing someone else to tell it for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's honestly a great pleasure. Um, not a lot of people get to know my story, and you know, it's really, it's really a blessing to be able to share with people my story, why I do what I do, why I go to the lengths that I do. Because for me, honestly, growing up, it was just, it was just hard. Like honestly, and in all honesty, growing up was probably really hard. I wouldn't say the hardest because I've been able to meet people that have had either, you know, been in situations just as hard or harder than my situation. So for me, it's it's honestly my pleasure to be able to share my story and hopefully motivate and inspire someone out there. Absolutely. And also really celebrating your success, but also celebrating the fact that something that I find so keen, and we talked about this privately as well as uh, my love for you having is that you really take the term of collaboration and you really take it to a new level. Because oh, oh, and that's that's the thing. I don't do normal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I don't do normal, man. Absolutely. And we'll definitely get into that. So as I do with every one of my guests as we start, uh, I let you know is that, you know, we of course, we're going to talk about what we see currently, what we see or looking towards the future. But for me, what's more important is understanding the artist be on the stage, understanding who the artist is, because a lot of times too, as artists, we're seen as one thing, but people don't realize we have many facets, many traits, things we love, things we hate. So, you know, as I do it, every one of my guests, my first question is, Henry, can you tell us who is Henry Salazar before dance? Before dance, uh, I mean, honestly, before dance, so I've gone into dance twice, the first time um, I got into dance because my sister was actually a dancer. So my sister mm -hmm. was was a dancer since like three years old. Like she she is a beast. But the thing is, like before dance, like when I got serious into dancing, um, my mom was always one of those kind of people that didn't like us to stay home because she always wanted to stay out of trouble and keep us busy. Mm -hmm. But honestly, quite a few things before I took dancing seriously the second time I started. So I've done swimming. She's put us in karate. She's put me in basketball. She's she's put me in a lot of things uh, around that area. But before dance, honestly, it was just just that man. It was just me being <laughs> a swimmer, a little karate kid. Wow. And, <laughs> and then I've also done basketball before. Honestly, I love basketball. Anytime I would be able to play basketball, that was that was my go-to man. Like all of high school, elementary mm -hmm. school. That was it, man. It was always recess, nutrition, lunch, whatever it was. That break time was, I'm trying to ball up. <laughs> oh, so question now, since you talk about basketball, are we going Warriors, Clippers, or Lakers? I got to go Lakers, man. Since day oh, one. Since day one. <laughs> you. I thought you were going to say, yeah, I've been a Golden State fan, but since like. Oh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got to stay loyal to, to LA, man. <laughs> and of course, I'm assuming your favorite 
basketball player from the Lakers is Kwame Brown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm assuming I'm wrong. (laughs) Almost there, you know. Oh, it's okay. Okay. Realizing to see, like, understanding that because as artists, what they see us on stage, they are, again, a perception of who we are, whether we're at a social workshop or just hanging out at events. But, you know, on our downtime, realize, realizing that we do a lot of things outside of just dancing. Definitely, man. You, you know, seeing that you play basketball. So my question now to you is during, I would say this is during middle school into high school, would you say kind of dance has always been in our lives in some facet, whether it's on yeah. TV what but for you how did you specifically get involved into dance so the thing is like um i started with the company so it's a, we call that the international dancing scene so the thing is like mm-hmm. i know we're gonna get into this further down and i'll explain more about the international dancing but i started in a company where we do international dancing and that's pretty much how i got into that transition so before i entered this salsa realm yeah I entered the international realm. So with that being said, that means you're doing different kind of folk dances and different kind of dance genres from all over the world. That's what we call it international dancing. Man, and hearing that as well, I, it definitely makes a lot of sense because for me, the introduction in uh, folk, folklorico was really um, Alejandro Rey for me, even though I know it's been around many years, don't get me wrong, but for me as an introduction into the dance world was a person like himself, as well as Adolfo uh, back in the days as well, dancing different styles, but realizing um, a lot of dancers have to understand it's not just salsa and bachata. There are so many more styles there. And I've also seen visuals of you uh, as well, dancing those styles. And really I love is that you're spreading the awareness and that's what's Honestly, honestly, like, so it's funny that you mentioned that. So the reason, another big reason, I know we'll get into like La Nueva Generacion and all yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. But it's funny because the whole purpose of this, of the project that I have that we'll talk about is mm-hmm. to introduce and educate a lot of the salsa scene because I know I have a lot of the salsa scenes on my page of what actually exists and what is out there. Because I actually have a video shoot tomorrow for another collaboration that mm-hmm. I'll be posting this week. So you guys will get to see a different dance genre that is not salsa, bachata, or Afro-Cuban. Wow, and and I think that's really important because people have to understand as well, in our community, a lot of our dancers are really well-versed. And that's really key because there were points that people were kind of just taking salsa classes and maybe just taking it with one individual instructor. And I've realized that over time, taking classes with many people really is a benefit. It but is. Also learning different styles helps create your own style in return. And seeing an artist like yourself that's taking advantage of that, but also working with other artists, because we hear it all the time of let's collaborate, let's do something together. But you pushing work out like crazy and giving us that prime example of what collaboration means. So now my question to you is, as going into international dancing, when was that point that you, was it salsa or bachata that kind of then you kind of dipped your toes into? So it's funny. So uh, the first time I ever, you know, danced or whatever, was like around seven years old. And I only danced for like a year or so. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember this this memory so vividly. Um, 
So they were kind of like an international dance company as well. Um, so they didn't just focus on like salsa or bachata. Mm-hmm. They also had like different dance genres. And at that time, I was just like a little small fry or whatever. And we would have like reggaeton and all kind of classes. And I remember this vividly. Every time I would finish my hip hop class. So I got the opportunity to dance with the adults. Keep in mind, I'm just mm-hmm. a little dancing with the adults. So that, um, that routine that I was dancing with the adults was a salsa routine. And I remember after, I would always ask my teacher, are we almost done? It's because I have to go to practice for the salsa team. Oh. Because I got the opportunity to dance with them. Yeah. And for me, that was a big deal. And I realized I never I never knew that I loved salsa so early until mm-hmm. I got back to that memory where I was just like, man, like just listening to salsa music and being to da- being able to dance salsa was just so livid for me. It was it was just the best feeling. And I didn't find out about salsa again until the second time I started, I got back into dance when I was like around like 10, 11. And then wow. that's when I took dancing. So it's funny story I actually started with Edwin Rivera. That's That was actually my first instructor. Oh, man. man, that's, wait, so were you in Starlight? I was in Starlight for I think three years. And then from there I transitioned to Omambo with Omar. Oh my God, man. That's amazing because I myself, I started with Edwin in the Bronx, and we were dancing in the same group together. Uh, he was older, of course, I was younger. Then he became evidently my teacher for about eight years. No. So, yes, I mean, so me and him go full circle. He was actually one of my first interviews, and our history together like just spans almost 20 years plus. And now everything, like I say on this podcast, makes sense because it's artists like you that when I'm seeing whether it's the visuals, where I'm seeing the choreography, whether I'm seeing the collaboration, I understand when that influence comes from. And, you know, um, it's a blessing knowing another person like myself that has been impacted by Edwin, by Starlight, um, me being a Starlight member in the Bronx for like 10 plus years. So we're we're definitely Starlight family for sure. And then as you talked as well, going from Starlight and transitioning, and people have to understand this, me and you have the luxury of saying we went to a, in a sense of like an academy or a school for a dance yeah. that was geared towards people our age, but there comes a transition in different dancers' lives. There's ones that take classes and just move on from it. And those that say, hey, I like this. I want to take it to another level. I want to take it more serious. I want to yeah. kind of perfect um, and hone my craft. And like you said, you transitioned to Omambo. And for me, Omambo for years in the salsa scene, whether it's the West Coast, East Coast, South, North, wherever you wherever you say it, Omambo's name definitely rings bells. Yeah, definitely, um, man. <laughs> so, I mean, please allow us to understand what that experience was like for you. The, the transition experience, the Omambo experience, what, or everything. I mean, I would just say like that first initial kind of introduction to Omambo. I mean, of course, you probably had seen them performing, but was it like, hey, I'm going in here and I'm going to try to perform or was it kind of a gradual Okay, this is actually a funny story. So so back then when I was with Edwin, I honestly didn't really know people. Like like here in LA, I didn't even know who the hell our headliners were. Because the thing is, like, I love the LA Salsa Fest that we would always do with Edwin. Yes. But it was always hard to perform at different other, like, congresses. So that was the only event that I had. So for me, I'm just like, oh, I don't know where these artists are coming from. So I didn't really understand Congress concept. Yeah. But my sister did. 
So my sister knew everyone. <laughs> like she would name me names, and I'm just like, "Who's that?" You have to show me a video. Like, yeah. like I'm like, "Who's MG or who's Grizzly or who's Obambo?" I didn't, I didn't know. The only people that I knew was like probably Eddie Torres, and that was it. <laughs> and Starlight Dance Company. Yeah, that's it. So funny thing is that my sister was like, she loved dancing. So mm. there was one time where Omar was actually having an anniversary. Um, and my sister was like, dude, we should go. So she dragged me along, me, my mom, and my sister. And my mom was like, yo, I really like how Omar dances. So this is the time when, who was it? I think that's when they did, this is the time when Omar was um, doing that routine with MG, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And that time, um, that's when I went. That's when I went with my sister and my mom was like, oh man, I can I really want to want to see you like dancing or you know i want to put you with omar i just love his footwork and all this good stuff so my mom asked them for a a business card and i go to his training team so i didn't enter his team mm -hmm. like probably a few months later but i went to the training team class and this is the funniest story my mom has ever told me so i'm in there taking the class and then omar goes up to to my mom and she's like he's like yo he dances like edwin <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, so back then, if you were to actually watch a video from when I danced with Starlight, like people would call me Edwin's little mini me. It, it's uh, funny. So Omar tells my mom, like, yeah, he dances like Edwin. And then my mom was like, oh yeah, like just a little bit. And then just left it like that. And then like a few few minutes go by again. And then Omar comes back to my mom, and my mom was like, and then Omar tells my mom, like, he dances with Edwin, huh? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but from there, I mean, I just had to try. I had to. I ended up doing the transition later down the month, um, mm -hmm. a few months later, just because Edwin does have that rule where you can't dance with anyone else. Yeah. And then also for me, like like I mentioned earlier, um, I honestly felt like there was that. It came to that point where I felt like I wasn't learning anymore. Mm -hmm. And I and the thing is, like my vision for myself and who I wanted to become, I didn't see it there because keep in mind, Edwin's a very busy person. Yeah. So, you know, I know he travels a lot and stuff like that. And, you know, it's kind of hard. So I was like, you know what? I want to I want to move on and transition to someone else that I feel that might give me that extra boost and what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I stood by corrected. You know, when I when I joined Omambo, I started from intermediate and probably within that same year, like within it took me probably one whole year to go from mm -hmm. intermediate to his protein. Wow. Right. And, and realizing that when you say that, because people have to understand when you go into certain companies and academies and schools, you know, it's not just you just come in. You really have to work your way up yep. and really prove yourself and earn your position and earn that spot. And realizing with, like you said, with Omambo, uh, from watching your routines, it inspires you. But you dedicating that year solely to making sure that you progress as an artist. Yeah, definitely. is really important. Because even then, um, honestly, it would have been, I could have been able to perform with the Omambo Pro Team much sooner. But this was actually in like 2017, um, where I ended up getting into a car accident. Um, it was coming back from a Congress. Um, mm -hmm. We had, it was me, my mom, and my sister. We were driving back from the Congress because my mom didn't want me to miss school. So keep in mind, I'm a full-time student. Mm -hmm. and time dancer at this time so there was no home school for me it there was, was no sleep it was yeah it was like my mom was like oh you're gonna get your butt in school it doesn't matter if you only sleep two hours three hours she was like you're gonna get your butt to school 
So we were driving back right after the, 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 the event in Vegas. And then there was a car that actually ended up already crashing into the railing. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, this is like three in the morning. The only lights you have are your headlights. And what ended up happening is that we didn't see the car because they don't have their emergency lights on. They don't have anything on. And by the time we saw them, it was just too late to break. Mm-hmm. We ended up getting into a car accident. And in that car accident, I ended up dislocating my hip. Mm. So I was actually out for a little bit, but that was the, that car accident changed my life in the sense where I always made it a thing where I have to perform each time. Like Mm -hmm. it's the last time it can be five people, one person, 20 people, a thousand people. I always have to perform like it's my last time. And after that car accident, honestly, I'm very crazy. I remember Omar made me take a break. So oh, this is in that year where I was doing that transition. So this was going to be my last show with Edwin. And, and then the LA Salsa Fest was kind of like on the, this is the year when the LA Salsa Fest was on the verge of it, if it was going to happen or if it was. Yes. I remember that, that year. So for me, I was like, okay, cool. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to stress about performing, but my smart stuff, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this. So literally when I got back from the hospital, I was like, I need to, I need to start getting some kind of mobility. So mm-hmm. it, it probably took me like a good two weeks or whatever. It took me a week to be able to like, you know, slowly walk. And then two weeks, I, I stopped using the crutches that they gave me because it was hurting my other leg. Mm. And then, and then, yeah, within that second week, I went back into the studio and three weeks later, I performed at the LA Salsa Fest. Wow. Wow, that that is a miracle story. I mean, especially dislocating your hip and you having that fast of a recovery transition. I mean, definitely kudos to you. I'm just grateful again that it wasn't worse because yeah. like you said, and again, um, I really appreciate what you said earlier about you know having that situation happen to really change your outlook on what you want to do as a performer. Yeah. Understanding. And, mm-hmm. and the thing is like, um, when that happened, the thing is like for me growing up, um, I would say I kind of grew up by myself a little bit more on the emotional side. Like I still <laughs> had everyone physically here, but I ended up growing a little bit more um, emotionally by myself and mentally. So for me, I was like, when I was in that bed, Diamond, it was like, I was like, this can't be it. Like, no, like I need to, I need to do it. My journey's not done here. Like I yeah. need to keep on pushing through. And that's why when I got home from the hospital, I was like, no, I need to, I need to figure out something because LA Salsa Fest is my event and that's where I want to perform. Because for me, mm-hmm. one of the biggest reasons why I perform and a lot of people, when they ask me like, why do you perform or why do you do it? Is I always want to inspire at least one person or that one kid out of the audience. And I tell people, I say that one kid because that one kid was me at one point. I, I really needed that motivation when I was smaller because it was just tough. Growing up was really hard for me personally. So for me, that's why when I dance, I don't just dance to be like, oh man, I want to win first place or, oh man, I just want to be the best. I want to make sure to be able to impact at least one person in the audience. So that's why I made sure to do everything that I could to be able to perform in three weeks at the LA Salsa Fest. Absolutely. And we have here, we're going to figure out their name, but they stay here from Facebook he came back like the Terminator. I mean, I, I definitely say that's correct. I mean, man, because 
we realize too, many of the people under that same circumstance don't always have that same outcome. You realize too, like you said, growing up even emotionally or mentally kind of vulnerable in a sense, and then having a situation like that happen to you, for many people, it would just bring them down lower. But realizing in yourself that you saw better for yourself. You weren't going to be content of where you were. Yeah, and definitely because the thing is like that year was probably, it, it led up to the hardest year that I have. We can definitely touch up on that later on. But that was the year where my, I was like, you know, getting ready to have to have to decide what I want to do for college and, you know, all this stuff. And obviously, like, my mom and my sister are very supportive of what I do. Like, they want to make, they, they support me in the sense where they don't want me to do anything bad. Mm-hmm. But they're always like, you know, dance is, not, like, it's just a hobby. And, you know, that always, that always stuck to my head. I was like, you know what, I'm going to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they always, they would always bring this up to me. They're like, oh, you know, what happens if you break a leg or you break an arm? That's it. Like, and that was the year where they would always bring that up. So when the car accident actually happened, it hit me so hard. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to freaking prove you wrong. So I'm one of those people that if you tell me I can't do something, I will literally do everything <laughs> to prove you wrong. And even if I might be wrong, I don't care. I'll find a way to prove you wrong. Oh, my God. And it's crazy that the story that you have about uh, your sister and your mom is something that many artists have talked to me about. And even I've been through that same uh, situation before, having even our families, a lot of times in Caribbean, Latin households, Asian households, what happens is the parental guardians don't really see the financial gain in dancing. Rather you go into a field that is gonna make you the most money possible to support your quote unquote family. But at the same accord, they really sometimes lack the understanding of what you actually like, what you love. And 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 it's funny because I remember this is like kind of like after. So Mm -hmm. there was a there was a point in time where I I call this my mini rock bottom because everything that would happen to someone in rock bottom has been distributed through my life, you Mm -hmm. know, as I continue to go. So when I hit that time, that's when I realized a lot of things. So an example, like how you mentioned, a lot of times our, our parents don't raise their kids to be who they're supposed to be. Yes. They try to raise their kids how they think they should be. And the thing is like, I definitely understand that. Going back to the topic, like you said, you know, dancing is a very, you either made it or you didn't make it. There's no, mm-hmm. no in-betweens. I mean, there sometimes it can be in-between, but it's, it's honestly like a, a black and white kind of thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because your parents, a lot of times focus on whatever money they're investing in you, they want to see a return and they can say it or not. That's what, yes, that makes sense. (laughs) I agree with you a thousand percent. (laughs) Again, as a dancer, our bodies are important. If one piece breaks down, it really messes up the overall machine of things. And realizing as an artist like yourself, the many hours of practice, the many uh, hours of traveling, the many performances you go back to back to back from maybe. Oh, man. Yeah. That was definitely back in my international dancing days. So what we would do when we had a show, we had one hour show. So there would be times where I had to do like four or five performances within that 30 minute or hour set. Mm. And a lot of times I would either only have one number that to change, 
two numbers to change and that's it. Like I gotta go back on. Yeah. So definitely like the transition from the international dancing scene and the salsa scene is totally different. Cause when I'm in the salsa scene, I feel more chill. Mm. But definitely in the international scene, you it's it's a lot more you gotta add in there, man. It's it's crazy. I mean, of course, you gotta really show that respect to that art form. Um, and realizing, like you said, with dance and salsa, how that community is a world in itself. So now my question to you is, you know, you're with Omambo, you've done the choreographies, you've been a part of projects with them. Uh, when was that moment that you felt, okay, you know, I'm with Omambo and you kind of wanted to start doing your own projects and your own work? So the thing is like, um, back in 2017, is actually when I created my company called The Artwork. Um, mm. So what I did, that was actually what I would use to represent myself. So I've always had the vision of having my own company, but I just felt that it wasn't time yet. I was like, you know what? I I, it, I didn't hit that point, like I said, when that I hit with Edwin. I was like, all right, cool. I don't feel like I'm learning anything anymore. Or, or I felt like I hit my, mm -hmm. my with you. It's time to move on. I didn't feel like I hit that point with Omar until... When was it? The year before COVID. Mm. So this is what, 2018? It was like the endings of 2018. Okay. So this was already before COVID, before, you know, they unfortunately closed their company. Um, this is, this has always been an idea that I've always wanted to have. And the reason why I even named my company The Artwork is because when later down the line, when I have my company, I don't just want to teach them salsa. Mm. I want to be able to teach them all the other dance genres that I know of and that I love to dance because honestly, being able to be well-rounded in all kinds of dance has helped me, you know, drastically when it comes to salsa or if I'm trying to do Afro or, you know, anything like that. Because growing up um, in, the, in the dancing scene, there's, if you were to really know how much Afro actually exists out there, mm. it's bizarre. Like the, the routine that I'm actually gonna be doing tomorrow, Yeah. Afro-Peruvian. Mm. I remember when I was practicing in the studio with, with the person I'm going to collab with, the owner was like, like, oh, I know how to do this. And they were doing like Afro-Cuban. And we were like, no, that's wrong. Listen to the instrument. That has the main <laughs> bass, but everything else is telling you you're wrong. <laughs> wow. So I mean like, the cool thing, I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of what's going to go down tomorrow. So tomorrow, we're not using a soundtrack. We're not gonna be like, all right, cool, let's look up a song on, on Apple Music, on Spotify, or on YouTube. We're literally gonna be making our own soundtrack with live music. Mm. Why? Because the, if you were to go to a legit event or like to any kind of event that's this dance genre, yeah. they ask you for what song are you doing? They just be like, all right, cool, go on stage and then the, the musicians play for you and that's it. Mm. There is no soundtrack. That's why it's very hard to find a unique soundtrack of this dance genre because everyone uses the same freaking song. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just seeing the individuality and the creativity uh, within your work, because like you said, you starting, you wanting to create something for yourself, but I believe you also wanted to create something that was of your own and different from everyone else. And, <laughs> you know, doing different art forms, especially Afro-Peruvian, but else, also realizing the responsibility you have as an artist who is traveling, who's working with other people, who others watch you and get inspired, but realizing that you're taking your time and your effort 
to learn all of these styles so you can help hopefully inspire others as well. Yeah, definitely. So the thing is like, um, there's been, I think there's only been one dance genre that I like completely like, well, there's been like two. It was the first two. So the, the Mexican folk one, I've never danced Mexican folk in my life. This was in season one. This is the way I ended season one, hmm. was, um, episode five. I've never done Mexican folk, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. And I learned, we we made a routine together. I learned it, I, I we taught it, whatever. And then boom, record. And then the video that came after was a contemporary fusion piece that we did. Mm -hmm. Never done contemporary in my freaking life, but I threw myself in there because the point of this project that I have is to be able to feature the artist as, as what they are known for. So yeah. if, if someone, so say, I myself trying to collaborate with myself, I would probably do a salsa piece because that's what people know me as. Yes. So for example, the person I'm going to collaborate for the Afro-Peruvian piece, everyone in the scene knows that she would dance this dance genre. So that's why I'm like, all right, cool. We need to do this one because that's what people know you best as. Mm, I, I see where you're going with that because really working with artists of their expertise, but also helping yourself learn more working with others who really are more well-versed in that art form. Because, yeah, you know, I, I think that's important. I think that really sets you apart. And again, too, I mean, for me, my first introduction, as I said, was through our friend Ray Colazzo, a friend of mine's that him traveling really so many states over the years and working with different artists in and out uh, events. And when he told me about you and telling me how much this guy loves collaborating with others. It was a, a easy, like, okay, I need to learn more because I think in our community, people talk about collaborating, but people don't really actually put it into effect. There's no actual proof of it. There's just talking about it. But yeah. realizing, you know, an artist like yourself, whether you've done work with Ray, work with uh, Lexi Shreve, um, even other companies as well. And we're gonna get to that video in a minute. Um, that was something for me was really an amazing thing to see because you again are that proof and that example of what I love to see because I guess um, with our community, we need to build and we need to grow, but we need to have that you know proof of, hey, look what happens when people from different states and almost maybe different parts of the world come together. And it's funny that you mentioned this because I remember when I did the first season, so I collaborated with people from San Diego. They the people from San Diego were just so like excited because they were they were even telling me like it's so crazy because I know myself personally being in the LA salsa scene. People here in the salsa scene in LA are very we call this codo and in Spanish, like you know, everyone's like, oh no, like I'm better. You feel the tension so much. Cause I remember even my sister, she was gonna debut. Well, she ended up debuting her her solo here. But she didn't want to debut anymore because it's like everyone criticizes people really harshly and it's just not a welcoming environment. And I, I speak from experience myself because I was like, I've seen it where the crowd doesn't cheer for you if you don't have a name. So if you weren't mm. or if you weren't MG or you weren't one of the, the hayliners, they'll only clap for you in the beginning and when you're done. And then that's it. Mm. And Unless you really got the, the crowd going for some strange reason, then maybe. But we have a very tough crowd and everyone is, the scene here in LA is 
pretty messed up like that. So that's why when I collaborated with the people in San Diego, they were just like, really? Like, you're like, this is crazy. I was like, it's been years or probably has never existed where you see LA and San Diego come together for one video or for anything. Man. And, and the way you say that it, I wouldn't say it's like New York, but we do have similarities in terms of really the uh, aggressive style in the sense of just being very, you know, to ourselves and not kind of breaking the status quo of things sometimes and really being hard on newcomers. Um, for me, I've always been a person that really welcomes different artists coming in, especially if they're visiting New York. And I've definitely heard, especially New York and LA, having that dynamic of being really harsh. Because again, we're both uh, entertainment capitals and yeah. realizing uh, what happens, people have to understand in totality um, at these events that I've been to that I've seen people literally just cross their hands. Yeah, for that's Yeah, for this three minute song, and in reality, it's because they're just trying to tell you, unfortunately, you didn't give them a show and it's not going to be that easy. And the thing is, but also people have to understand is that, hey, we all start from some some point. Exactly. We all start from the beginning. So the more and more we appreciate the new generation of artists coming in with different styles when we're not looking at the same thing, that's important. Uh, so again, I, once you spoke about that, I was like, yeah, New York and LA, we, we've definitely been those two major cities, of course, with on one and on two, of having those really grievances against uh, things that are new in our community. So that's why literally everyone that I've collaborated with have been shocked that I even approached them because mm -hmm. one, I'm from LA, and like you mentioned, we're very tough on people. So when people are just like, really like, you want to collab? And the thing is like, for me, um, I like to be, I like to think of myself on the same playing field. So this is also another big thing that, that I've noticed is that, especially when people start traveling or, you know, become what we call pros, they look down upon people. And I'm just like, you, you were once there. What, what's the difference? What, what's, what is the difference? The thing is like, just because you're now traveling and they're, building up to where you were at one point doesn't mean you're better than them because for me i was like look i know where i started i know where i came from and i know where all of these people that i'm collaborating with mm -hmm. can go so for me i i honest every collab that i've done has honestly been very meaningful because for me i'm just like man i got to see them like before maybe they blow up or before they're just like the next traveling person. And I yeah. tell this to people like, I'll be like, yo, you guys are just hidden gems that people don't know. Yeah. And it's really sad because I'm just like, a lot of times, and this also happens in our scene, mm -hmm. is we don't like to give people a chance. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. And what happens is, is many people, again, want to keep that same structure. They don't want to evolve over time. Um, and that right there doesn't help with, you know, helping a new generation of artists built. And for me, having artists like yourself that are taking it into your own hands and creating these projects with other people around your state. And it's funny how you say, like, I'm from L.A., but people from San Diego are like, wait, is this really happening? Because we're so close. Because so our drive. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the thing. It's like. All you have to do is like, hey, let's just make it happen. When you have these two 
two do two dynamics trying to work together. As long as people are on the same page, anything could happen. And I think too, especially really going into the pandemic, your work really became a lot more meaningful for me as well because as an artist in the community for years, whether I was performing, doing videography, or some involvement, I was always searching for new things. What 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 are artists thinking about? And I think now it helps us transition um, into into understanding now, kind of present day. But when COVID hit, was you know realizing when COVID hit, it hit our dance community hard, really hard. And understanding is that now artists, there was going to come a point where some of the very artists we love are no longer around because they moved on from the community because for them, a lot of it was a financial focus and understanding whether they were dance directors, studio owners, understanding like, hey, you know, if I'm not making any money, I have to I have to move on. But and also now, realize, yeah. and <clears throat> for me then also seeing artists like yourself that capitalized and said, hey, I wanna keep my relevancy. I wanna keep pushing. And, but also realizing through your visuals, you're inspiring new people because giving them something to look forward to. I mean, people have to understand the work you're putting out, the time and effort that it takes from you, from what you can be doing. And you're maybe driving hours or meeting someplace with artists from all over who are willing to work together because they see the common goal. Um, and my question really to you is when COVID hit and kind of going through it, especially last year, what were those moments like for you while, you know, you're creating visuals, but we're kind of going all through all this together. Yeah. Honestly, uh, when COVID first hit, man, it was, it was really hard because for that, when that moment happened that year, the year, when was it 2020 yeah 2020 2020 that was actually the year i was planning on opening my company up sooner because that's actually when i was going to do that um, transition from omambo to to opening up my own company mm -hmm. so i was like oh man you know like i was i was really pumped in the beginning of the year i was like you know what this is going to be my last season with omar i told omar i was like you know this is going to be my last season la 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 and then from there you know things ended up shutting down. And honestly, those first three months were the roughest three months because I literally went from teaching to not teaching and making any kind of dance income all at one point, like mm. gone. Because the thing is like with Omar, literally those months, I think the month COVID hit leading up until May, we were probably booked like almost every weekend for some kind of event. Yeah, And then I was also teaching throughout the week at another dance company that I teach at. And so it literally went from zero to a hundred real quick. And I stopped getting all kinds of income. Mm. And for me, it was kind of hard because I, I had to pay things and I was like, shoot, what am I going to do? Like, you know, I was, I was stuck at that moment. And then, you know, I was, it's funny. Cause I ended up, I was like, I'm one of those people that always finds a solution. Yeah. What it is. So I was like, you know what? I'll take up a temporary job. And then I, end, I ended up doing Postmates because I was like, honestly, mm. I love driving. I don't mind, you know, being in a car for hours. So I was like, you know what? This is this is light work for me. So I ended up doing that for another, like, you know, two, three months while everything picked up. And then that's when I got the idea 
so the the way la nueva generación ended up coming up was because someone ended up hitting me up she was actually the first person mm. she was the first episode she ended up um hitting me up she was like you know like we i want to do a collab la 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 before i leave to new york um so we were the funny thing is that we were supposed to actually do this video like last year mm. so and everything was already done but because we didn't find a videographer that fit our budget yeah we just never ended up doing it and then she hit me up again and then i got and then another person from san diego he he was supposed to be episode two but ended up being episode four mm -hmm. he hit me up and then we had the talk of you know how everything is messed up in our, in our scene and it's so crazy that la lives so close and la 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 and that's when we came up with the we I, I won't take full credit for mm. La Nueva Generación because La Nueva Generación ended up getting created within that conversation that I have. So his name is actually Fernando Cortez. Um, he was actually the fourth video. And within that conversation that we had about trying to change the community, La Nueva Generación was made. Mm. So yeah. this, like, it was crazy for me Like when I would look back at a lot of these videos because I... I've always had that envision that I want to be that person that can unite people. I want to be able to bring mm. unity within our dance community. And the person who really motivated me and inspired me to do that, I'm so sad that he's he's not here with us, but his name was Albert Torres. Yes. He was, I was like, he was the, the guy that can bring everyone together. Like it was him that changed people's lives. It was him that, you know, was able to, to have at least a majority of people be united, like one big dance family. So for me, La Nueva Generación had that envision. I wanted to be able to be that guy that can bring people together, like one big dance family and get That's rid cool. of everyone's ego and get rid of all of this other stuff. Because at the end of the day, you came out in the same freaking project. So now you are part of La Nueva Generación family. And that was the goal. I really wanted to be able to create some kind of unity between the dance scene and show people that we're still strong, we're mm. still dancing, and we're still capable of dancing just as good as we did before the pandemic. Man, that, that's beautiful. And before we get into uh, our last visual that we'll be showing, which is definitely an example of La Nueva Generación, uh, we have here a question from DJ Amesquas and Henry. <laughs> Who inspired your haircut, Mike's in No, it. there's no way. Look, there's no way. My hair's curly. Oh my god. <laughs> As well, here showing love. We got Doc Creative here showing love. Yeah, in the they're the ones that they were the videographer for that video that I talked about with Fernando Cortez. They're the ones that actually shot that video. Definitely big shouts out to them. And Ray, you know what? We need to get Diamond to put them old SR shoes on and be part. Yes. Hey, Henry, if we can make it happen, if Ray can dance with you and do a routine, I'm definitely down. So I'm already putting my hat in for sure. And then, you know, man, I'm realizing too here, whether it's videographers, whether it's collaboration with different artists, seeing you working is really what's amazing, even through all the adversity, because realizing, especially this past year, it's changed a lot of people's lives. Um, and also realizing with our dance community really coming back together um, slowly and things trying to find some type of normalcy, just seeing, like you said, tomorrow you're working on video shoots. And, you know, my last question before we 
check out this last visual before we get to our segment called The Randoms is with our community slowly, slowly coming back, what is your outlook for the future? So honestly, now that the, the community is, you know, like you said, I feel like it's going to be much easier for my vision to be able to work because, you know, during COVID, what I would do for these artists, I would literally get tested every time I would travel because if you notice my videos, we don't wear masks. Yeah. We, wear, we just go plain because I, the thing is like for me, I was like, I want to make sure for people to get the full authentic experience because you don't have this, that's it. You lose like half of it. You lose your charm, you lose whatever, whatever emotion you're trying to portray. So with the world opening up more and more, it's becoming easier for me to do, you know, collaborations with people, especially right now, like the one that you're, that you're talking, that you're going to show with them, it was much easier. So funny thing is that they were actually supposed to be one of the first people. They were supposed to be like mm -hmm. season one, season two, but because things kept getting complicated and, you know, people, there was no vaccine and, you know, it was, it was really tough because if you look at the video, it's 10 of us in that video. It's yeah. Not, it's not, it's not just two of us or three of us. It's 10 of us. It's a whole team in there. So now that the world is starting to open up, yes, people are, are going to get more busier. That's going to be one of my main obstacles when it comes to, you know, trying to get a collab together because the way it works, I go for a week. Within that week, we create a routine. We find what to wear. We find a location, get the videographer, and we shoot on the weekend. And boom, I'm gone Monday. Wow. I leave Tuesday. We do everything from Tuesday to the weekend. I'm done. I leave Monday. That's it. That that <laughs> I love that structure because at the end of the day, you have a time limit of what you can do and realizing that you're able to fit everything in as well as with the other person's schedule. And like you said, there's moments that you're dancing maybe solo, which is easier, but dancing with someone else and fitting their schedule, but now dealing with nine other people. And working with many other people is not always easy. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> and the thing is, like, now that the world is opening up, like, at first, because the pandemic was so strong, people didn't have, you know, things to do. They didn't have, oh, man, I have to go teach a workshop or, oh, they're going to go fly me out here or fly me out there. So everyone, everyone's schedule was, like, open. It was, like, oh, a yeah. there was nothing to do. So for everyone... And still to this day, um, there's a lot of people that are just like, oh, man, you know, like I needed this or man, it's so it's so warm. You know, it's such a good reminder to be able to know that I can still dance and stuff like that. So for me, the best thing that happened, you know, with this, now that the world is starting to open up, is to have is to be able to give someone to have that extra boost or that extra confidence when they're, you know, starting to work on on themselves or whatever, because now they know oh man, I can still do it. Or, oh man, you know, yeah. like I still got it in me, you know? So, and it's, it's funny. It's honestly like the best feeling when people, you know, tell me like, oh man, like this is the best thing that you can ever offer. Like this is the best thing to look forward to because they haven't danced in so long. Yeah. Now that the world is opening up, like I mentioned, it's going to be much easier, but it's going to be much harder uh, because now their schedules are starting to get more full. Everything is starting to open up and it's, it's so many variables when it, now that the world is starting to open up. Yeah, I mean, and definitely I hope for a, definitely a better but safer future because, again, even from your visuals, but really our dance community, um, this virus definitely has made us very vulnerable because what we love is connection. We love being around one another. So I'm definitely hoping for better things in the future. 
So in this video here, Henry, I want you to give us the introduction and let everyone know what they are about to see. So in this video, honestly, I, I told this to them. I was like, you guys are just a hidden gem that is going to explode because the routine that I gave them, guys, wasn't easy. It, we cramped all of this stuff up in one week. And a lot of times I had them practice and we would finish practice like around 11 or 12 sometimes. So the, this video, guys, is honestly one of my favorite ones because I finally got to feature a team. And this is a really good routine that I just love freaking making. So I hope you guys really enjoy this video. And then if you guys want to watch more videos, they're all on my page. So, <laughs> so you guys can stay tuned to that. Absolutely, everyone. Definitely check this out. Nanueva Generación. Check it out. Man, ah, uh, that is an amazing routine. And trust me, kudos to everyone involved because I know what it's like trying to dance on concrete. Yeah, definitely. And honestly, <laughs> it, it was honestly more than just dancing on concrete because we were trying to find a, a place and, you know, it's really hard. I never, I never knew how hard it was to film something in Vegas without, like, you know, the casino being like, oh, you know, like, you can't be right here shooting or they'll start to ask for like, you know, some kind of money because they'll think of some kind of promotion. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to shoot in Vegas. So being able to find a location was definitely hard, but 
I'm really glad that each and every one of them pulled through and just believed in the vision and the idea of La Nova Generacion. Yeah, man. I mean, to be honest, the, the vision that you have and the focus, I really am inspired because realizing that we have artists like you uh, that, of course, have been inspired by other artists like Adam Rivera, uh, Omar from Omambo, but also your overall experience is what you've been able to do and be a part of over the years. I think that's what also has helped you put yourself in the position that you are in now. And I'm really thankful, again, that our community has an artist like you because realizing what you've been able to do, especially this past year, with everything we're going through, but also realizing, like you said, things are opening up slowly and trying to get back to some normalcy, your name is ringing bells. That, those collaborations that you have done have really made an impact because those people in other cities now can know, wow, we have an artist that will travel or work with us, and there's no hidden agenda. There's just there the art and the love of dance. And I tell, and I, the thing is like, La Nova Generacion, I never realized how crazy this this project has gotten, but it's all I can really say is that it's about to get even crazier. Mm. So, so the thing is like right now it's just like little episodes. So you guys, for the people that get to watch this, only get to get this, the, the, the inner scoop. Mm -hmm. so the way I want to end this project. So obviously I'm, a, I always feature everyone else or whatever, but I'm going to also feature my own company. Mm. And with that being said, the last season of La Nueva Generacion is actually going to be a short film that I want to create. Mm. So it's, Every episode is literally going to be correlated to the next one. So if you get left on a cliffhanger after the episode, <laughs> all I can say is sorry, but I know you're going to enjoy it. So I'm literally, every, every season, I always take it to the next level. So for example, the first season, I just introduced Mexican folk and what La Nueva Generacion really is and what, what kind of artists we're dealing with. The second season, I just took it, you know, next level. I was like, you know what? Second season... I want to make sure to show you guys over the top. So I started off with a contemporary video. That one did phenomenal. We danced in water. We went ham. And then the last, you know, the last video that I did, I mean, a lot of people remember videos now because I'm starting to, I'm trying to add this thing where I can leave something for people to remember. So when people yeah. come up to me like, oh, bro, the freaking motorcycle video was sick. Or, oh, bro, the freaking airport video was amazing. Or, oh, bro, the, the video on the water. Like, yeah. you know, like, I want to make sure to bring something that creates that memory for people to be like, oh, man, that video was just, like, over the top. Oh, yeah. So that, that second season, honestly, I felt was the season that I really needed to make sure that I'm not just going to be another person or, you know, another team that just does something temporary. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure to show people, like, no, like, this is what's going to hit because a lot of times I've, I've taken notes when I do videos. I was like, okay, I want to make sure that I don't just do another video where it's just like behind some kind of like, you know, painting in a parking lot, you know, something very basic or something that doesn't correlate. And before I even started this project, I looked at everything wrong with all the videos that I've ever seen. So that's why my videos aren't that long. That's mm -hmm. why I try to go straight to the point. And I try to make sure to keep my audience engaged. So season two was the season that I that I felt was the one that really made sure like, oh shoot, like I wanna see what's next or oh man, what's gonna go down? Because I make it a thing for each season mm -hmm. to, to have at least two non-salsa bachata 
Mm-hmm. Because now you don't know what I'm gonna post. For all you know, I'm gonna post like some like a belly dance video or like some kind of freaking Bollywood video or a bonger video. But you know, ne- you know, you don't know what I'm about to post because now it's more than just salsa and bachata. Yeah. Because if you just do salsa and bachata, everyone's gonna be like, oh, just, this is another video. Oh, another salsa and bachata video. So I want to make sure to to create that diversity within my videos so I can also showcase everyone all of the other dance genres that I know that is not salsa and bachata and also educate people of what actually exists out there and how cool it is to dance these dance genres. Absolutely. I mean, and I really feel definitely you are a huge benefit to our community going forward because of your individuality, your innovation, um, really reinventing our scene, but also pushing visuals that are helping people, you know, just see something different. And like you said, you want to give the people what they want, but also give them variety. And that's something I really appreciate. And now it helps us transition to our last segment called The Randoms. But before we get there, we have a comment by Anthony Ramos saying he should make a video where I can be like, oh, shit, that's from Call of Duty. So he's like, you must be a Call of Duty fan because him and Carlos are saying, how many people have you learned that they play Call of Duty in the dancing? I do play Call of Duty. <laughs> okay. Uh, question. Are you, you know what? I'm going to leave that for the randoms. All right, Carlos. I mean, <laughs> Carlos, you are really hilarious. And let's see. I want to try to get some Call of Duty in with you guys in the future. So <laughs> let's see if we can make that happen. But uh, I don't, hopefully, there's no campers in your group. So we'll, we'll see. Oh, we, have, we have like one or two, but it's okay. I'm not the camper. It's not me. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> Now we are at our last segment called The Randoms, which is about 10 questions that allows me to get to understand the artist a little bit better. So all I need to know is when you are ready. I'm ready, man. All right. Number one, if you could have one meal, what would it be? So it's called Seven Seafood. It's actually a Thai dish. So it's honestly my favorite. Anytime I'm going to celebrate anything or, you know, it's my birthday or something like that. I eat that seven seafood with white rice. I can eat that every day if I wanted to. Mm, all right. Next is if you could dance with one dancer, one follow at a social. What? Who would that be? Damn, man, that's that's really hard. That's <laughs> that's honestly a really hard question. But uh, I don't know. There's just so many good dancers. But honestly, like. I'll just say this because I know every time we see each other at a congress or festival or whatever, we just we just click and it's and it's always been like that. Her name's Carla. She dances the with Stilo with David. Mm. So it's just if I could, I, because we're in quarantine, I would love to be able to dance with her once again. Yeah, I definitely hope that happens. Definitely in the future. Next question: Dream vacation destination? Brazil. Mm. Brazil has just. When anyone asks me where, if you can travel anywhere, I always say Brazil. Why? I don't know. It's just, it just always clicks in me. I'm like, I want to go to Brazil. All right. Next question. The greatest Laker ever. The greatest. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> You're going to put me through this, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just, I just got to go, you know, with our, our man Kobe, you know? <laughs> All right. I, I'd like that answer. That's not even a, that's the best answer. That's the greatest <laughs> answer. <I've heard. laughs> oh man. All right. 
Of course, Ray Axe says that's a dumb question. Why would that be? Wait, all right. You know what? Because I'm hearing people trying to say LeBron is the greatest Laker, which is absolute trash. I don't know where people say that. <laughs> you know, but hey, wait, quote unquote, it's the new generation, but not your new generation. So let's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question is What is your spirit animal? Man, I don't know, dude. Uh, <laughs> my spirit animal. It's funny because I would just say like a dragon or something, dude. <laughs> I mean, you're, I guess you're what you're fiery, just like. I just, I just like to go wherever I like, and I like to, to be the best wherever I land. And, and I don't know, Ray, a platypus. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what is this? You just like Ray lazy. Spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. All right. So now let's get to a very interesting question. Who, oh, what is a huge pet peeve of yours when you're dancing with someone at an event? What really like turns you off? When they try to lead me and tell me that I'm wrong or something like oh. that. So the, my biggest pet peeve is where they try to lead me or they try to explain something to me and they're just like totally wrong. And they, I'm just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I like your honesty. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and, and especially the social dance. That's that's the worst. Like, for four minutes, let's just have fun. Oh my god! You know what? And then you know what? For for Anthony, I'm gonna ask this question. I'm gonna take out the question I had. This one goes: Ask him what turns him on. No. <laughs> oh man! Honestly, uh. I guess I'll just answer this question. Um, honestly, one of the one of my biggest turn-ons is is you know someone that has their shit together and at least, or maybe they don't have their shit together, but they have something that they want to work for, like a goal, or they have goals, you know, that they want to achieve something. That's my biggest turn-on, man. Mm, all right. Uh, well, seems Carlos says when he gets taken out by a camper on Call of Duty. I mean, I, I guess this, you guys love Call of Duty for some reason. Yes. We do play Call of Duty a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to ask this question then. In your group in Call of Duty, who is the best and who's the worst? I'm the best. And then who's the the player that like, oh, you know, you, you're kind oh, of just... Man. <laughs> it's funny. So we don't play with him that much anymore. Because we normally got our, our, our squats on it. <laughs> I swear, we would always play with him. But we played with him since the beginning of quarantine. And it's like, dude, like, it doesn't pick up. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. It's Zeke. Uh, Zeke is one of the good people. Carlos is one of the good people. And then Anthony. Well, me and Anthony play just us two. We go crazy. We'll end up with like ten kills together, fifteen kills. But it's only what it's only when it's just me and him. When it, when we play with the team, it's everything just disappears. It's <laughs> 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 <He's> with Jay. <laughs> oh my god! And then Anthony says here, Ray has the highest. I mean, and then <laughs> not have the highest KD. I highly doubt that. Um, I mean. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Ray's a little crazy, so I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second before last question is, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Honestly, 
at first when people would ask me this question is like to be like what is it super intelligence but i was like you know what i'll probably get bored of that because i know everything already mm. <laughs> or almost everything but honestly i think shoot man this is a really hard one i think i would want to be able to like just transform <laughs> into whatever what, what is it, metamorphosis <laughs> yeah just yeah. all right I, I like I like I actually like that answer. It's different. Most people, of course, would just say flying, like Ray would say flying at any moment. Well, I mean, being all the time. So that doesn't. I mean, count. And, and hey, we have a former person you collab with here, the one and only Lexi Shreve, saying teleportation, which is also very good. I think that's really good. Um, <laughs> but you know, realizing I love asking that question because of just the different answers. I've had people say they want to be healers. I want people that teleport. I mean, the, the answers are endless. Yeah, because um, it's a, it's always been that it's always been that thing where I'm just like I would either want to be able to transform or mm -hmm. to, be able to travel through time. It's that's always been one of my one of my top two. Okay, all right. Well, now we heard our last question. It goes like this. If you're on an island, I'll say this. You're on an island isolated in Brazil, but you have no Wi-Fi. What are three things that you would have with you? Honestly, I would I would want to have instruments with me. <laughs> I would want to have my shoes to dance in, and I would just want a dance floor, and that's it. Mm. I, I love it. I mean, dance, no matter what, with life and death, life and uh, dance is still there. So, I mean, I appreciate it. I, I definitely love those answers. I love that you're not even thinking about food and you're just like, I just want to dance and play some music. So, I honestly, it. dancing is just, it's just transformed. It transforms everyone's yeah. life. You know, um, it, dance is like that thing where it's like someone's basketball or someone's soccer or, mm -hmm. you know, someone's instrument. And the thing is like, that's you know this is the you know probably like for another discussion but it's funny because i actually want to make my own community center um mm. so now I, I have my own dance company later down the line i want to make my own nonprofit community center and in that community center i actually want to be able to transform kids mentalities on how to approach their problems head on different ways to approach you know life and how to go to things and you know how to actually go for your dreams because i tell this to a lot of people there's two people in this world there's the people that work towards their dreams and there's the people that work for people to help them achieve their dreams so mm -hmm. there's obviously only two people in this world and i and i want to be able to be that that staple to help people especially kids from a young age to finally be able to change their mentality on how to approach the world or you know different uh, ways you can approach things because there's never one right answer there's always multiple right answers so with that being said, I also want to be able to incorporate, you know, sports and dance into that because I want to make sure that they still have a getaway, you know, and something that they can call their second home. So Absolutely. yeah, later down the line, honestly, that that nonprofit, you know, community center that I want to make was actually inspired by another little, little motivational, I don't, I don't want to call it a company, but my little slogan company, I guess. So it's called Inspire for More and Inspire for More actually ended up becoming, you know, the number four was in there because there was actually four people that believed in me when I felt no one else did. Mm. And, and honestly, it was myself, Edwin, Omar, 
And honestly, the other guy, his name is Marco Rosas. Um, he was just like, dude, you need to be like, it was just that, that impact that they had on me that really made me get that extra push and to make me believe that I can do it. So I want to be able to return that to people and really be able to change people's mindset into believing that they can achieve whatever they want. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Honestly, I mean, as I can say, really from start to finish, learning about your story or kind of a glimpse into your life, uh, it's been really revealing the honesty and the transparency uh, from kind of your highest points to your lowest points and it being able to help you grow as a human being, as a man, uh, but also as an artist. I think um, learning kind of your journey is helping more people understand that they can conquer through adversity. They can do what they believe in. They can do what they love. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Honestly, going going back to what I what I was talking about earlier. Um, like I said, the way I grew up was really harsh. Um, I was very fortunate, and I still am fortunate to have my dad alive with me. But sadly, I just didn't have my dad in my journey. He was an alcoholic. You know, he loved buying tickets. He loved buying cigarettes, smoking cigarettes. So. You know, growing up, I never really had my dad. I never had that fatherly figure. And then, you know, well, my mom was always trying to bust her butt, trying to get us to even survive because there was even times, Diamond, where I didn't know if I was going to have electricity in the house. I didn't know what, if I was going to be able to eat that day or eat that week. You know, it was, it was really yeah. rough growing up. And, you know, my mom, I would never, I never got to spend time with my mom. I never got, to, I feel like I never spent enough time I, do, I did spend more time with my sister, but I just feel like I didn't spend enough time with my sister. And well, I mean, I just I just couldn't spend time with my dad because he was just on the couch, you know, yeah, drunk or, or whatever it was. So, you know, growing up really has led me to, to grow up to the person who I am today and, you know, has really motivated me to be able to, to show people that no matter how dark, no matter how scary your past is, you can always overcome it because at the end of the day, that was just one chapter that you can always rewrite in the future. Absolutely, man. I mean, really hearing about your story from your early childhood to where you are currently and seeing the path you on, uh, I'm grateful that we have, again, an artist like you. And I'm grateful that I have a platform that caters to artists like yourself that are really pushing the culture forward in a really positive way. And And before we go, I'd love to know if you have any Last few words, myself and the audience, but also contact info and where people can watch all of your newest projects coming yeah, up. I mean, definitely. Like, for example, there's going to be a lot more videos coming soon. And like I mentioned, the last the last season of La Nova Generacion is something that you do not want to miss, especially because the amount of stuff that we're going to have in this video is going to be amazing. I'm not saying that the other seasons aren't going to be amazing, but just keep in mind every season we go to the next level so if you guys want to keep on watching and keep on you know experiencing the journey that i'm on right now you guys can follow me at henry underscore the artwork and then you guys can also follow my dance company keep in mind that my dance company is we're ready we're ready to hit the world with a bang so i'm going to be having my pro team my shines team and you can follow my company page at the artwork dance and then you guys can also add me on Facebook if you guys want to also watch the videos there. And I'm also posting all the videos up on YouTube. I'll also be trying to post a lot of the behind the scene on YouTube. So if 
So if you go to my Instagram, you won't see those. Only if you go to YouTube. So if you guys ever want, you know, to watch or have any questions, always feel free. And honestly, the best thing I can say is don't go where the path may lead, but go where there is no path and leave a trail. That's the biggest thing I can give anyone. Man, I, I love that quote. I, I just love your the way you go about things and realizing too with hardest points in your life and things you've gone through, you haven't let it break you. You've been able to persevere and really help build that foundation of strength that you have. And again, I'm glad that we at the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast have had you on tonight and definitely hope to have you on for the future to see what you and your company will be doing in our community. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Again, my name is Diamond Rivera of the Live Discussions with Diamond podcast, and we were here with Mr. Henry Salazar. Thank you guys so much for having me, and thank you, Diamond, for having me and allowing me to share my story and a little bit of what's to come of Henry Salazar. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, people. And don't forget is that La Nueva Generación is a team here to stay, and any, any visuals you'll be putting out, I'll gladly be sharing because, again, I want to spread the awareness of new artists like yourselves that are really doing amazing things. So, everyone, please have a great night. Stay safe. Thank you all. And I definitely can't wait for the next time. Peace. Bye. Nice.